welcome, welcome back to episode four of Alex's Disorganized Thoughts. We start a new adventure this week. I am your host, of course, Alex Naranjo, as you can see with the graphics. The graphics department has been hard at work this week, i.e. me. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some things for you as the episode goes on or towards the end. Um, but as always, thank you guys for listening to the first three episodes, watching on YouTube, however way you've consumed it, the pod. I truly appreciate it. All the feedback as always, is appreciated, so please continue to do so. Please continue to review, subscribe, download, all that fun stuff. Truly appreciative of everything that you guys do for the pod. Um, So let's get it started. Um, Today's jersey of the day you see hanging up behind me here is the 2003 Florida Marlins batting practice jersey, and it's got the 100th anniversary patch of the World Series. Um, I got this jersey... Before spring training 2004, kind of got it on sale. Um, but uh, you had to reach in with the All Star game this week. Uh, it's probably the favorite Marlins jersey I have. I do have another one, which will eventually be shown. Um, but this is, it's just because it's the BP one, it's, it's really soft. Um, it's a little small on me now, it's shrunk, but I love the jersey. Uh, like I said, it has this 2004, probably one of my oldest jerseys that I have. So definitely reached into the bag um, on that one. Um, a little fun news for the pod as we get started here. Um, we're going on the field trip. Going on a field trip. Uh, Las Bosa is allowing me to tag along on one of her work trips. And we're going to Charlotte. Uh, not this weekend, next weekend. So definitely looking forward to that. And got a whole uh, itinerary of plans kind of lined up. Uh, we're staying with some friends. And we have some other friends from Tampa that are coming up. Uh, so it's going to be the six of us, and we're really, really looking forward to it. Besides for the fact that, you know, Las Bosa and me get some time away from the kids. Um, and we love our kids, but a little time away is sometimes needed. Um, one of the first things, though, that I'll be doing is uh, shout out Mondo. It's apparently weekly shout out of Mondo. Um, I promised him back on this and that. We had an episode on celebrity liquors. Um, I promised him that I would get him. Sweetens Cove, uh, Peyton Manning and Andy Roddick's uh, bourbon. Um, I, at the time, did not know how hard it would be to get that. Um, they only sell it in like 14 states, something like that. Um, but they do sell them in South Carolina, which is it, which is very close to Charlotte, for those of you who don't know. It's right along the uh, North Carolina-South Carolina border. Um, so I'm going to be visiting the liquor store right across the South Carolina state line, and I love to say the name of this liquor store. It makes me laugh to no end. Frugal McDougal. This liquor, this bourbon from all I've seen isn't very, very uh, cheap. So I don't know how frugal I'm actually going to be. But the fact that I'm going to a place called Frugal McDougal brings great joy to my heart and makes me laugh um, hysterically. Uh, some of the other fun stuff that we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to a Charlotte FC match. So Las Bosa and me are going to have our fourth MLS stadium checked off the list, I guess. We have some sort of weird thing going where we're going to MLS games. Um, so we're going to go see them play Columbus. We're very looking forward to that with all the friends. Uh, we're going to be sitting club level because after taking Las Bosa to Soldier Field and sitting their club level there, she's bougie now. So she only goes she only goes club level because it's more fun that way for her, she says. Um, so we're doing that. And then Saturday morning while Las Bosa – and the wives are off to uh, brunch. Uh, I will be making a complete ass of myself uh, playing some golf. Um, should be fun. Um, 
we're all gonna go out. Uh, the uh, our friend who lives in Charlotte is the club pro, um, at his club, I believe, and so he's very good. And the other, uh, our other buddy, our other buddy that's come up with us last time before his wedding, I want to say he told me he shot somewhere in the eighties. Um, and then there's me who hasn't played on the golf course in uh, I think my bachelor party maybe a year after that um, but yeah so this this is going to be a shit show um, I may volunteer to be a caddy at some point because it's just going to get ugly I may, I may just start drinking um, but yeah it's going to be two guys who are good in the schlub um, I mean it'll be a good time I'll have some drinks in me um, and then we're going to the soccer game afterwards so it'll be a good should be a good fun day of things. Um, I'm looking forward to eating. Uh, one of my favorite breakfast places that I've ever eaten breakfast at is there in Charlotte. So I do intend to visit. Um, I may do that the first day um, that I'm there because I have to drop off last post at work and I'm kind of left to my own devices. And the only real plans I have is going to Frugal McDougal's. Again, I just wanted to say that. Um, so I, I think I'm going to get breakfast there. I'm probably going to watch Thor Love and Thunder. I haven't seen it yet. Um I don't know if we're going to be able to see it before we go. Uh, so I may just have to make this a solo adventure and go see it finally because I need more Marvel in my life. Speaking of Marvel, uh, we are two weeks away or three weeks away, excuse me, three weeks away from the uh, Miss Marvel uh, reveal. Um, again, I thought it was a decent show, but we'll talk more about that in three weeks. So keep that in mind. Um and as you saw of a graphic that popped up a little bit over my shoulder, I don't know which way I'm pointing up. Bah, bah, bah. It's going to be one of these two corners. Um, it popped up. Um, name of the episode this week is, is Who Doesn't Love a Good Draft? And I never realized this because I guess, it, it, well, first of all, these two drafts, two of the drafts had were on ESPN for the first time. So it got more exposure. Um, but we had three drafts in the last four weeks, essentially, in the last month. Um, we've had three drafts. We had the NHL draft the NBA draft and the MLB draft. Um, and each one is different in their own way. Um, I would say of those three, I've probably watched the NBA the most um, just because I grew up as a basketball fan. And, and it's just kind of like, you know, I, I'm more familiar with the sport. Um, however, after living here in Tampa, I don't know what's going on. Um, if a hockey bug has bit me or what I've become quite the NHL fan. Um and I guess it's just it's a love that was always there because I, I did I've always loved the Panthers. Um, they just always sucked, so it made it hard. But being here in Tampa and now the Panthers are doing good again. Call me bandwagon, call me whatever you want. I followed them um, from a distance, uh, but yeah, their draft is completely different, completely different. Anything out there, much like their Stanley Cup, like I talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, so instead of like the commissioner reading the picks, like in all the other leagues where you have, you know, Adam Silver or Rob Manfred or whoever it is saying, oh, you know, with the fourth pick, the blah, blah, blah select from, you know, the University of Central Florida. Um, that in the NHL, it's different. Like the commissioner only came out when it was a trade. Like he would come out and announce trades. Um, all else from that, all the picks were announced by the teams. Like, they had like basically like their war room table, like their draft team. So it was like it was usually like the GM was there, some of the scouts, president of operations, like all the main guys from the team are there, especially the first round. And they all go upstage. They all walk up, and the GM or the president announces the pick. 
And the guy comes and, and greets everyone, takes a big group picture. It's just, it goes to this whole like, like team and bond thing that I really see in hockey. Like you see it with the Stanley Cup presentation. And now you see it here in the draft again. Like they just do things differently. Um, the quote, the quote, the, the great Vin Diesel, you know, it's a family. It, it, it's a very, it gives you that family vibe. Um, and another thing that I found interesting is, is I believe it was, I think it's like a 10 round draft, something like that, because for, it has a very um, MLB vibes to it um, in that there's a lot of drafting of, of prospects and they go to college and develop or they go to like uh, minor pro leagues throughout the, throughout the country. There's, there's a couple teams here in Florida, like the Orlando Solar Bears and the Everblades um, and Estero. They're minor league affiliates for the Lightning and the Panthers, respectively. So they call up players. It's very similar to the baseball uh, model. Um, but what I found really interesting, especially when you compare it to other drafts that have a lot of rounds, like NFL is another draft, right? Um, Major League Baseball. In the NHL, those late round picks, they were also there. Like, it was pretty remarkable to see, like, like six round picks, they're all there. Seven round picks, they're all there. And instead of going up on stage, because obviously they're a little bit more pressed for time, um, they go to the table and the table has the jersey for them and they shake everybody's hand. And again, they take a picture of everyone. It's just different. And and honestly, it may become my favorite draft just because of that whole atmosphere behind it. Because it's, it's really, really cool. Like, I know there's been a bunch of drafts. I feel like there's been a couple of drafts down in Sunrise. Um, I don't know if they've had any here in Tampa, but if they do, I'm definitely going to try and go because it definitely seems like a like a party, like a good hockey party, and, and who doesn't love one of those? Um, the other draft, second draft that I want to talk about was the Major League Baseball draft. I found this one to be somewhat intriguing just because of the things that kind of happened um, since I because I remember I remember the first time they showed it. Um, I actually had to go look up the year. It was 2007. I remember watching on MLB Network, and it was from Wide World of Sports and Disney. And you can tell it was like very, very low production value, very, very uh, just plain Jane kind of get the picks out. And I mean, the MLB draft has like 20 uh, rounds. Like it's it's an inordinate amount of rounds because think about it. They have to fill up, like I said, with hockey, they have to fill up all their minor leagues and it's all developmental. And it's and I mean, there's players that don't you draft high school players and they decide to go to college. So like there's so many rounds. Um but they've done a big job in in kind of making it more media friendly is what I feel is the biggest thing I can say about the Major League Baseball draft right now. So I remember even before 2007. So like during, I want to say it was like one of the last years that maybe the University of Miami won the college baseball championship, which I want to say was 0102, something like that. The draft would happen during the tournament, during the baseball tournament. So like usually during regionals, I want to say you would hear like, oh, this person got drafted yesterday. And and he's the third round pick for the Kansas City Royals. Like, wow. Like, there, there's that's a lot big distraction to have, especially come like NCAA tournament time. So, Major League Baseball got a little bit better about that. And then they moved it uh, post tournament, which was, I believe, in 2007, the first time, or maybe right before. Um, so, that was the first move that really kind of helped give baseball some, some coverage. Um, much like I said um, at the beginning when I was talking about drafts, it got shown on ESPN2 for the first time. NHL was shown on ESPN for the first time that makes a big difference getting that kind of exposure for these. Um, and I will say they, they made more improvements to the MLB draft first. They had, I guess in, in their offices and they moved it around, but now what they're doing with it, which I found super, super cool, super slick and interesting was it is the opening event for all-star week. 
So the draft this year, it's the Sunday before the Sunday of All-Star Weekend and of the All-Star Week. So that's the first event. And they host it there at the All-Star Venue. So this year it was in L.A. And I found it to be super, super cool. Um, I watched part of it. Um, really, really interesting. They had it outside. Like I said, it's much more media friendly in this way. So it'll be cool to see it next year. I don't know where the All-Star game is. I think it's in Atlanta. Um, or they took it away from there. I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see, like, you know, how they continue to evolve because they're definitely on the right path here. Um, and while I'm talking baseball right now, there's there, there's a little little disorganized spot tangents happening here. Um, first things first, I mentioned the Marlins, mentioned the All-Star game. Um, very plain and simple. Sandia Contra should have started the All-Star game. I understand Clayton Kershaw, L.A., sentimental value. But it, if the numbers were close, I'd say, OK, fine. Um, but Sandy has doubled the innings. So I don't care what anybody tells me. Sandy should have started that game. That slider he threw, the, the Stanton was nasty. Um, and if you don't think Sandy should have started, go fight with your mama, not with me, because th- these are the facts, okay? Like, like Sandy should have started that all-star game. Um, it, it was, I thought it was a great game. Um, the thing about the MLB all-star game, it's the closest thing to a real-life game. Because, you know, the NBA, you get lax defense. The NFL, you can't hit. Like, And the NHL, it, I don't even know. They do like a three-on-three tournament. Um, hoop it up. Uh, so so baseball has that going for it. And like I said, the All-Star game itself was good. Um, I like what Nike's doing with the uniforms. I saw a lot of people saying, oh, we want them in their uniforms back. And I, I can see that. But I didn't mind the uniforms this year. The white and gold or the or the, the gray and gold, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good touch. Um, obviously, people need to remember it's all about the mighty dollar. Money talks. Um, they make more money selling that than by just, you know, putting the patch on the jersey, I'm sure. Um, so that's – and it's more limited. So they, you know, create the demand, right, because you make a special jersey. So – and then one last thing, and, and it's something that I kind of caught wind of in the last couple of days, and I really – I'm going to start supporting this. I recommend all of you support this. Um, There's a Twitter handle that caught my eye. It is at adopt MILB player. Um, What it is, it's a 5013C nonprofit where all the donations um, go to helping minor league players. Um, Manfred in his all-star, during all-star festivities, he has like a state of the union, I guess. And they asked him about, uh, minor leaguers and pay. There was a recent, a big settlement from Major League Baseball to minor leaguers, and they asked essentially, are they being paid a living wage? And Manfred's quote was to the effect of, I reject that question at a premise. Of course, they make a living wage. Um, one, a bunch of players obviously immediately tweeted after that, like, oh, I made $10,000 last year. I made $11,000 last year. And I know the argument that people will make is, oh, they're getting to live their dreams and play a game and, and, yeah, but they still need to have a, a roof over their head. They still need to be able to eat. They still need, you know, like, yeah, they have certain luxuries that are afforded them that, yeah, you and me do not have and will not have. But they they are being paid below minimum wage. They are underpaid labor. Um, and this is a way where you could essentially sponsor a, major, a minor league baseball player. And, you know, you can donate. Like, the recommended amount is 150 to 200 a month. Um, it all goes to the player. Um you can do any amount. I know I'm going to do an amount um, for sure. I'm going to get involved with this because I, I absolutely love this idea. I think this is great. Um, you're definitely going to hear me plug in this a whole lot more uh, throughout baseball season, even afterwards, because 
it's it really is an important cause and it's really the future of the game is these minor leaguers i know they had uh like a chipotle card like drive where all of them got chipotle cards and, and that goes a long way like you think oh it's chipotle but you can get a couple meals out of that like it's, it makes their life easier um they don't have to stretch their per diem and, and i know like i've heard the per diems are pretty ridiculously low like 30 dollars for the day um so this all helps um so again the Twitter handle is at adopt MILB player. Um, please go check them out. Please go help uh, these minor leaguers. Again, if you love baseball, these guys are the future of baseball. So let's support them and give them, you know, some love because they, they truly need it. They're not making a lot of money down there. You guys will be surprised um, how much, how little, how little they make in spite of being um, pro athletes. And then the final draft I want to talk about is, like I said, the probably the draft I watched the most from these three drafts was the NBA draft. Um, it, mainly because it's only two rounds, so it's usually you know somewhat quick. Um, I I've been finding it harder to follow prospects now because there's a lot more Europeans, um, and they're just coming from everywhere. Because now you got the G League Ignite team, and I didn't know anybody was coming from there. And then like, and the one and done is just really kind of not wrecked it because I, I actually i have no issue with the one and done um i should think i think it should be two years um but that's a personal thing um but it does make it a little bit harder to kind of follow the players because they're they're only there for one year um so <coughs> so it makes it a little bit trickier i find to um to do that but all in all, I always love the NBA draft. I think, you know, there's it's first of all, the suits are always amazing. Um, and it's always it's always a good show. I always feel like it's a very, very good production value. Um, that being said, I I've been sitting on this for a while. I've been trying to figure it out. I still don't understand what the fuck the Orlando Magic were doing. I, I, I don't. I don't. I, and here's the thing. I love Paolo Benjero. I think he was the most NBA ready player coming out more than Chet Holmgren, more than Jabari, more than anyone. I I was I'm all about Bancaro. I love Bancaro. Um, the body, just his game. I really, really like him. I think the Magic have a have a, a really, really good good pick on their hands. I don't understand as the number one pick why they didn't bother to work him out or interview him or anything. Like it doesn't make any sense. You had the number one pick. Who are you hiding from? Like you don't have anything that to hide like just inter- like, bring them all in you really want people to guess just bring them all in you didn't bring in oh for, why I, I, and then i mean and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about summer league but then you only play him two games in the summer league and deservedly so because i mean he is in fact that dude um but it, it like it just it i don't understand what they're doing the and the Magic are are the team that's perpetually you know I like their young players um I like Aaron Gordon when he came I like you know like but they never actually put it together I I really hope they put it together because I really like Jalen Suggs I really like the Wagner brothers Ben Carroll I'm very high on so I'm hoping the Magic can develop into something competitive um but again I feel like we're perpetually in this cycle with them. Um, it's very Marlins-esque where you're like, oh, there's a lot of talent here. But the talent never – like, by the time that the talent's ready, like, it leaves. And then does amazing things somewhere else. Um, so I'm really hoping that's not the case again with the Magic. I hope they hit on this, and they've hit on the last couple of years. So this will be really, really strong. Um, I mentioned it quickly. 
I got caught up in summer league madness this year. Like I love watching the summer league, uh, especially Vegas. Um, it really seems like a party. Like all the players are there, you know, LeBron bringing his own snacks, not talking to Russell Westbrook, even though they're both in the same arena, 94 feet apart. Like that's always drama, but like, just the whole atmosphere there, the whole vibe of the place, at least through TV, was was really cool. And it's something I feel like I want to check out. Like, I want to go the summer league. Now, I don't know if I want to be in the desert in the middle of the summer, but then again, I'm in Florida. So, I mean, the humi- humidity being gone may be a little bit better, but I, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, it looks like a fun deal. Like I said, I, I definitely want to do summer league and go. Um I hope that the rings doors are, are one and done. Um, Cause I, on the levels of, of, of bullshittery, if you will, that's, that's tier one. Um, I have expected Chris Paul to show up and try and win a ring that way. Cause like just the whole concept that these summer leaguers have rings now, like, like, yeah, man, I got a championship ring from the NBA. What about you, Chris Paul? No, I don't have one. Where'd you get it? Ah, oh, summer league 2022. Like what? Like, I don't understand why they got rings. Like, uh, again, I, I get it. You want to celebrate it. They won the summer league. Um, but rings feels like a bit much. It feels like a bit much. And, you know, but you know what else doesn't feel like a bit much is we're talking basketball right now. And, and again, disorganized spots, right? Um, who bought the WNBA All-Star Game MVP trophy? Like, who went on Etsy or Amazon and was like, hey, we need this to, like, I feel like it was an Amazon order. Like, they forgot the MV, the actual MVP trophy, so they needed, like, some same-day shipping thing. So they're like, hey, who's got a Prime membership and we can, like, same-day a trophy? Um, I That's what I feel like it was because that trophy was was pathetic. It, it really was pathetic. And if you saw the Twitter page, I had a tweet um, with a meme from uh, Zoolander with a GIF or a GIF, however you want to pronounce it, from Zoolander. Um, I love Zoolander, first of all. That's one of my favorite movies. I suppose I hates it because she hates, like, dumb comedy. Um, but I think I, I think dumb comedy, if done if done correctly, can be really, really good. The original Zoolander is definitely really good. So I remember the scene where they built the model for the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good and Do Other Things um, or something along those lines. It was a center for children who can't read good. Um, and it was a miniature model, and, and Derek looks at it. And he goes, what is this? A center for ants? That trophy felt like it was a trophy for ants. Like, like the budget needs to get upped on that trophy ASAP. Like, I, I want to see her get a new trophy. Like, like be like, hey, here's what happened. It got lost. That was a replacement last second. So here's the actual trophy. Like, bullshit us. I don't care. I really don't care what you tell me. But give that poor girl a real trophy. Because the sad part is that trophy presentation and that trophy itself took away from all the messages that you were trying to send that game you all were number 42 the second half that for Brittany Griner Brittany Griner was ever present throughout that entire game and then the image everybody's going to remember is that that trophy like that's what the people are going to that's the that's the lasting memory of that all-star game unfortunately so like yeah y'all need to y'all need to do something um, and actually that's actually fits a good transition for me because the WNBA's main color for, I mean, people remember the Kobe hoodie and all that is, is orange is bright orange. Um, so over the last couple of days, La Esposa and me, like, you know, we, we were watching a lot of TV and we've caught up, like we watched all of upload and, and we watched stranger things and which by the way, stranger things will be a show I'll discuss here probably in a month now that I've seen it. Um, I know it came out three weeks ago. 
but I'm going to be nice and give you all a month uh, from today before we discuss everything in Stranger Things. Um, so we were kind of looking for something to watch and we stumbled upon a interesting documentary um, called The Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story. Um, really, really cool documentary, about two hours long, um, came out in 2018. And it's basically the beginning of Nickelodeon, how it started, where it came from, and how they you know, started doing their original programming to game shows. And honestly, it was super interesting. And, it, and it, 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 for someone my age, at least, and, and people around my age, it's going to have a certain nostalgia factor to it. Because, I mean, Mark Summers is there. They spend a lot of time talking about how big Double there was. Um, they talk about Hey Dude. And a lot of the shows that they did, they talk um, Nick Arcade, Phil Phil Lamar's there, the host from Nick Arcade, and he's talking and Phil Moore, and it was it was great. Like they just they talk about everything, and up until when what they feel is very interesting, what they felt was the moment that Nickelodeon switched, um, and I don't want to ruin it. Because it, it was very interesting how it the ending of how they wrapped up the documentary. Because again, like this is about the orange year, so about the beginning of Nickelodeon. Um, it had Nick Jr. They talk about you know Blues Clues. They talk. I mean, like they talk about all that that stuff. And <coughs> like I said, it was absolutely amazing. Um, I know I highly recommend it. Las Bosa probably recommends it. She took a little while to warm up. Um, but as they started kind of like talking about the shows and, and just talking to like the, the original people who like kind of birthed Nickelodeon into what it was, uh, what it became, it was amazing. Um, so definitely have a chance. If you guys have a chance, check it out. It's on Hulu uh, right now. So if you got a Hulu subscription, uh, most people do, I feel like. <clears throat> check it out once again it's called the orange years the nickelodeon story and i couldn't recommend it more um so definitely check that out when you all get a chance um that being said we are reaching the end of this week's episode um i want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen or watch the episode uh, as we go as you see no signs today hopefully the graphics team can get this right i.e again me um i was working on it so i'm hoping i can get this uh for all of you right now remember please subscribe download rate and review the pod greatly appreciated if you did that if you want to see the youtube or instagram for the pod please go to alex's disorganized spots if you want to see the twitter and facebook for the pod go to at alex Disbots or if you really feel like you need to email me because you disagree with what I said, because maybe the Orlando Magic are, in fact, the team on the rise, and I just have doubts for some reason, please feel free to reach me at Gmail at alexdisorganizedspots at gmail.com. Once again, that's our show for this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Much love. Y'all have a good weekend, and I'll see you all next week. Have a good one.